0: This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 236 The Prelims Are Here. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter
1: Donaldson.
0: Boy, okay, all right. So, Hunter, what was the t- what was the the, the the final total of people in this tournament was six hundred and sixteen. Six hundred and sixteen players. Yeah, but boy, howdy, let me tell you, the number of people I have interacted with <laughs> has far exceeded that in terms of. All right, so here's how it's worked. We've got... This coming weekend is the end of the qualifiers. There are three games remaining. 78, 79, and game 80 are this weekend, which means that we're 480 qualifying players. Yeah. Uh, There is a not insignificant number of those players that never responded to any <laughs> they signed up and yeah. disappeared from the face of the earth this yeah. is not shade towards those players but hey if you signed up for the tournament and you're listening to this episode and you're like oh yeah wait did i sign up for that tournament <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious to pick your brain of what happened anyways so a lot of other we the, the waitlist we kind of like fully exhausted um in terms of waitlist it happens that every then, year it does i mean we get through year. a lot, but. I don't even have, like, a final... I, I've got to, like, get my bookkeeping together. Because here's the thing. I was being really diligent about, like, getting stuff in order throughout the tournament. And the last yeah. two weeks has been pure chaos in terms of, like, I'll take who... You, you can play right now. Get in there. Come on. And, like, shoving them in the door and just, like... Uh-huh. And my, my list is a complete and total mess. If I, if I had an estimate, we are approaching or around 50 people that didn't sign up on the initial right. wave, ended right. up playing whether that be signed up via the wait list or got into a game despite right. everything else. Roughly fifty people out of the four hundred and eighty.
1: Roughly wait, fifty people disappeared. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, basically fifty people from the qualifiers vanished.
1: That's like our our, our breakage. Yes. for this tournament. Yeah, is, and that's is not 50 people. Here's
0: the big fear I have: is we're not done because we got to do the we have to do the prelims now, <laughs> and there are. There's probably a handful of prelims players that also forgot they signed up for this tournament and they're going to get an email this week asking them to sign up for a tournament game and they're not going to respond to it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is is a significant task to get 616 people to... You know how when you're at home with your little IRL group and it's like, ah, well, Tony can't play next Saturday so maybe the next Saturday all six of us can play? Multiply that by... The number of games we have to have set up, three, uh-huh, 100 and, uh-huh. 116 games or whatever it is, that's uh, that's what it's like to schedule this tournament. I, I almost think that I, I, I was starting to feel guilty for a while during, like, the earlier half of the qualifier. Oh, yes,
1: I love it when you feel guilty, Matt. You yeah. should always feel more guilty <laughs> if you can. Because, like, things were just
0: sort of happening. with Like, people were just signing up for their qualifier games, like, kind of yeah. as intended. It was just like... Yeah. We were not having to do a whole lot, and then people like Big Al and Wecker were, like, stepping up in major ways, like, keeping things organized and keeping track of stuff. Yeah. And all this, like, all yeah. these people were doing all the stuff that we kind of, like, didn't ask anyone to do, but they wanted to do it. And it's like, ah, yeah. I, don't, I don't like being in necessarily that position. But I feel like I've proven my worth in this stage of the tournament in the last like three weeks when it comes down to the time of like, okay, now we need the people who don't necessarily like check their email religiously or like keep an eye on the discord constantly.
1: Right, right. You're, you're, you you have to remember no matter what, if, if it's a tournament, then Matt is sitting in a room with, let's imagine like seven monitors (laughs) behind him and there's spreadsheets on every monitor. (laughs) And just imagine him, there's seven, they're surrounding him. Molly is crying mm-hmm. in the background. I She's crying know. loud. Yeah. She's a big crybaby. Okay. <laughs> she cries. She cries loud. All right. She needs to chill, frankly. Uh sick of her attitude. <laughs> Ugh! Get me so mad. Uh So seven monitors, spreadsheets on all of them, and Matt is just like, his eyes are darting between each monitor in rapid succession, and his head, his brain, his cranium, there's a giant vein, he's having to head desk (laughs) just to stay awake. Just to press the space bar, you know? (laughs) Just to press the space, he has a giant space bar, he's head desking over and over to smack the giant space bar molly's crying in the other room we got seven monitors spreadsheets on all of them this is what matt does yeah okay for in a us constant all panic yeah constant panic guilt anger anxiety frustration <laughs> seven monitors okay, spreadsheets on you, all of them head desking the space bar molly's crying <laughs> anxiety <laughs>
0: anger you know This is like a, this is like a, almost an emo Phillips bit or something. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways.
1: Um, But hey, you know what? I want to, I want to say thank you to uh, the community as always. Uh, But I really want to thank the community because it feels like this year, um, it will, it's going to be a marathon and I feel like the community did a lot in this first leg. For sure. And I really appreciate it. Not that, uh, not that anybody's going anywhere. Uh, still definitely going to be hanging out with the community for the rest of the tournament as well. But now it's time for me and you to mix it up and get in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a way that, Oh man, I'm not ready for (laughs) the coming weekends. Yeah.
0: Well, schedule. I, I look at people like, uh, big Al and, um, Duval and, and the folks that have been, um, really breaking their backs, uh, streaming games and trying to catch every single game and and it's left me uh feeling ready to take on the challenge of the prelims because they earned it right they earned yeah. the break that we need to come in and step in and it's our turn now basically
1: yeah it's true uh so many we have such a good cast now of people for co-commentary it's like completely exploded yeah uh in a way that i that i really really like so, question, Matt, cuz I don't know. Did every qualifier get streamed? Every single qualifier
0: did get streamed? Whoa. There is there is one qualifier that the stream did not get saved and is lost to time. I don't remember the game yeah. number, but I do know that the winner of that game was Evernoob. Evernoob's game okay. has disappeared, which as some people pointed out in like the tournament chat, if prelims and maybe even semis players if it comes to that, you know if evernoob keeps doing well at the very least we have two or three years of previous evernoob games so if someone was going to research a player every single player from the qualifiers can be researched because the only one that was missed is evernoob and evernoob can be researched elsewhere so there's at least that and by the end of the prelims every single semis player will have at least one game you can go back and watch
1: Wow. I wonder what the likelihood is, uh, statistically speaking, that the winner of the tournament this year will be a qualifier. Yeah. Um. Last year, there were no qualifiers that actually made it to the finals. Right. But the way it felt like the way it was structured, it, because the, the odds qualifiers were stacked against qualifiers. That's right. Exactly. That's my point. Uh, a lot of the qualifiers, in fact, uh, I felt like had to play against each other in the prelims yeah. in a way that I thought was kind of weird. Right. Um. There were some some of the final games of the prelims last year were like like full of qualifiers, yeah. and then in the early parts of the prelims, there were none. You couldn't even have any qualifiers in it because that none of the qualifying games had happened yet. Yeah, so that exactly. was just kind of an interesting aspect of it. Um, really excited about the prelims, uh, Matt. What do we got going on this weekend as far yeah. as qualifiers go? Though? Well, so like I said, there's three games
0: left, but the really big important one I wanted to talk about. I say important. I mean, all the qualifiers have been equally important, but in terms of a game. You're gonna want to watch, dear listener. Uh, I am going to stream the final game of the qualifiers, game number 80. And the reason I'm streaming it is because we have a build of the tabletop playground mod. Now, oh yeah, is is it up to the standards of current tabletop simulator? No. Let's remind uh-uh. everyone the tabletop simulator mod took two years to get to the position <laughs> that it currently is is in. And even then, like it's been a year since the new mod came out. There's been further developments to it since then. This stuff takes yeah. time, yeah. Uh, but we have a playable version of the tabletop playground mod. I believe they're hoping to like have it completely publicly available soon. I don't have a date as of the time of this recording, but you might be able to go poke around on the TI 4 online discord server or on the space cats discord server and ask about it. And, who knows, by the time this episode is up, there may be more information, or by this weekend or something, there may be a public mod for everybody to get their hands on. Um, I know they've been doing some some more extensive testing here just in the last couple days, and yeah, we are going to play game 80 in Tabletop Playground. It'll be messier than normal, or we won't have all of the fancy new bells and whistles that we have, uh, like the stream overlay. We will not be able to use Roots stream overlay right away. That will come down the road a bit. Um, but I'll be using kind of like our old Excel spreadsheet stuff. That There's going to be some things that look like old 2020 streams and whatnot. Uh, so yeah. I- I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of a return to simpler times in my brain. Like we are back to the idea that these video games are there to just recreate a physical environment and you have to grab your own dice and shake them and throw them and roll them Mm -hmm. and grab cards and put them into their Mm -hmm. appropriate discards. We've all gotten so used to the automation of the TTS mod that like we've, I feel like a lot of us have forgotten what, (laughs) what it's like to physically play this game. And I'm kind of excited to have a stream uh, that's doing that. So you can check that game out Saturday, March 5th at
1: 1800 UTC. That will be the end of the qualifiers. Awesome. Um, and then there will be other qualifier games mm-hmm. going on as well. Both of those yeah. are March 4th, uh, 1400
0: and 1900 on Friday, which was pretty awesome. wild. But the, the last, the hardest games to schedule were both happening on Fridays, which is like not ever how it goes. Usually the most people are available Saturdays and Sundays, but that's just not how it shook out here at the end.
1: Yeah. Um. So I feel like we sort of did this last week, Um. but I just wanted to real quick, before we talk about the future, before we talk about the prelims, just say a few more um, things about the qualifiers in yeah. terms of exciting developments for the uh, player stats page yeah. and the future invitational. Um, I just want to I want to call out some players that have won but have like kind of ongoing storylines. I would say and yeah. ongoing points from past tournaments. Obviously, we already talked about Evernoob. It's exciting to see uh, Evernoob win again. Uh, Evernoob always does really well in Tournament. tournament, yeah, and then he disappears from the community for a year and comes yeah. back and wins a tournament game. <laughs> Evernoob always shows up, wins a tournament game. I'm really there's some people I'm really excited about that I may have mentioned last week, I don't even know, but I just want to say, um, really excited to see uh, Didak is in again, yeah, uh, making it through, uh, Fugas, right? Is that correct, Fugas? Yeah um is a past player that was either a qualifier or has definitely like won a game in the past mm-hmm. um Desuga is back really excited about that uh carnal is a prominent player in our um patreon so yep. very excited to see carnal again uh kool-aid made it yes. through the qualifiers and was a finalist last year that is super cool um of course the most famous twilight imperium player of all time magi uh, made it through the qualifier playing as yin uh hilarious <laughs> uh Benanuel, uh was a past uh qualifier burner burner one uh, was, was a qualifier last, game year. last yep yep uh eleven spoons is back really excited uh to see eleven spoons win again Alice is back as a player that was in the semifinals last year and also had uh was good enough to make it into the invitational as well. Yep. So be prepared for more Alice really excited about that. Um, Is there anybody else? Oh, Monte Cristo, or Monte Crisco, I should say. Not Monte Cristo. Um, Brassbird, prominent member uh, in the Patreon. Almost forgot about James K. Polk as well. That's another player who was in the semifinals. Hey, it's a long
0: list. (laughs) There's a lot of
1: names on it. (laughs) I'm just throwing out names for... I know this is mostly for these people but i just want to i just want all these people to know like yeah i see you yeah, yeah you know and i'm excited about there's a lot of
0: there's a lot of prominent folks that have uh have been knocked out too i mean a lot of finalists yeah jane or schroeder andra lots of folks mm-hmm. already on the cutting room floor
1: yeah yeah it's it's cutthroat out there and you you really you never see a lot of repeats but yeah. this year i feel like this is the most uh repeat yeah. winners we've ever had so a lot of people have done really well for themselves as far as player stats go uh, which is really exciting for me as the person that keeps track of those yep um and yeah just wanted to take another second to say that um yep. oh aj pingle i see you i see you uh fingle fin It yeah that's another player uh that i've seen before player stats wise anyways that's it i'm done we don't need to do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> well and it's what's fun too is all the people that are,
0: were quick on the sign-up that got their buys into the prelims. We finally get to see a ton of other yeah. folks that it, it's felt... I mean, it's been two months of qualifiers, so it's kind of felt like... It feels like we were supposed to have seen everybody, but, I mean, there's 136 players we haven't seen, and arguably, yeah. those 136 players are some of the more... Uh, thirsty for the tournament i mean in, in yep. terms of the yep. day of signups that doesn't actually mean anything plenty of people you know some of the waitlisters are thirstier for the win than than other folks but um there's loads and loads and loads of people um yet to see uh so i'm, I'm looking forward to the prelims kicking off and that is what kind of the rest of today's episode is about is uh hey what are the what's the prelims gonna look like people have we've kind of I part of this is we hadn't decided, but we've also been keeping close to our chest like what we want to do. What we we, we hinted that things could shake up between the qualifiers yep. and the prelims. Yep. I don't think we ever fully intended to just like keep the exact same slices from the qualifiers to the prelims. I think nope. uh, we always wanted to change them. But yep. I mean, I'll be honest, we saw mama's drama tear away with it and we yep. said, well, that absolutely has to change, and there's no point in changing one slice. It might as well change all of them for the for the prelims, right? That's that's yeah. my view. Especially because two of them have also been lacking. Three of the seven slices are off kilter a little bit, which, hey, guess what? That's, that's always going to happen, which means uh, that we'll see the same in the prelims uh, to a certain extent, especially considering it's going to be much less, ga- it's less than half the number of games in the prelims. Right. So the stats are going to look... Wild, probably. I mean, there's going to be something... There's going to be an unpopular slice again, similar to uh, what's the one that's that nobody picks right now and, and Chili Dogs on the Beach. Is that the good one? Anyways, yeah. the, the idea that that one doesn't get picked but then actually wins the correct percentage of games, we'll probably see another slice like that in the prelims. Um, but the structure of the prelims is, once again, seven slices. So there will, will be one slice left out. It's the same multi-draft, same all of that stuff. Um, but there will be seven slices... But in the faction side of things, where the qualifiers had eight, lots of wiggle room, we are knocking that down. We want to see a tighter race, and we are knocking that down to seven factions in every pool, which means the last player to pick faction will only have two options to choose from, which means faction picks probably go up a little bit, which means the slices get a little bit more chaotic in terms of what is the optimal thing to choose first in a draft or whatever.
1: Right. So, yeah. Uh seven factions in the pool, seven slices. Uh we will be revealing um the slices in a video coming probably Friday. Yeah. We'll probably do a stream Friday and then a YouTube upload um for the prelim structure. Um let's talk about faction pools. Matt, yeah. How many of them are there gonna be? I I think we wanna do less. The big thing yeah. was eighteen pools in
0: the qualifiers. Was knowing that there was going to be eighty games, right? And it was just like, I just want as much variety as possible. Yeah, I think there's a certain aspect of it that, to me, in the end, felt like, well, why didn't we just do random anyways? Like it to me for the qualifiers, for the sheer volume of games, it felt like we right. could have just done random, and it, and it would have the numbers wouldn't have looked that different. Um, but for thirty-six prelims games, I feel like we could get a bit more exact than that, and I would like to reduce it down. I'm thinking nine faction sets, cut it in half. So, and, and what the, and with seven factions, that, that actually changes things quite a bit because with the eight factions uh, in each set, what that meant is we just split the 24 factions into three some amount of times. But with seven, we don't even actually have to round it off at nine sets. You know what I mean? Like we could just do 10 sets or whatever. So we might find some kind of beautiful number that we like because within those sets, There will be factions that are not in as often as other factions. Right. And we will probably use the numbers from the tournament, from the qualifiers, to inform. (laughs) those sets I intend to take some of the top picks or maybe the overperformers, more likely the ones that are just like oh my gosh you win way 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 too often and yeah. it's not off of it's not like hundred percent of your one games you won I'm talking the ones where it's like no nah, the numbers show that you just keep winning we may take them out of some of the pools so that they're not an option as many times I, you know the the closest example and I don't have the numbers to back it up but if we still thought SAR was way too good SAR might be in less pools than all of the other factions to sort of discourage them from making their way into as many games and and having unfair advantages.
1: Yeah. Um do we want to tease the slices at all? What is Ooh. what is the how conceptually different are they maybe from the qualifier slices? I so something I knew I always wanted to do
0: and then Hunter when we sat down with them, I, you kind of backed me up in this. Um here's the thing about the prelims and how the prelims have always been. The prelims have always been safe, safe slices. Now, the qualifiers were more or less also safe, but we took some weird liberties uh, with the qualifiers, especially because we were trying to learn how much multi-draft was going to change the tournament. So that's why we had like one slice is way better than the others. That was on purpose. It was on purpose that Mama's Drama would be better. Um, And we still stand by the idea that some of the reason Mama's Drama's stats are so good is like not everybody drafted hard against Mama's Drama, but also I'll contend, not every faction pool gave room to draft hard against Mama's Drama. Some, some faction pools just meant, hey, a good faction's gonna end up in Mama's Drama. Sorry, that's yeah. how it works. Um, but I would say that these prelim slices that you'll see soon are more balanced, uh, and the, the anom- the, the big thing I wanted to do was try to make it to where, uh, the wormholes and the anomalies, stayed spread out as often as possible. So the positioning of them is pretty specific to make it to where, um, like wormholes of a type are never adjacent or are almost never adjacent to each other. Uh, and then anomalies trying to spread them out. There's also not that many anomalies. Uh, there's more like empty space and stuff in general. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it will result in arguably safer, safer, slices which i think improves faction pick even more because there's maybe not a de facto runaway best slice there are better slices but it's not like there's one there's not a mama's drama anymore at least that's my intent (laughs) that's if if the if we get 30 games in and everyone goes uh clearly red slice is the best one like then whatever that's you know that happens but it is not intended that one of them is just like broken beyond the others
1: i'll say this about it what i like about it is thus far now they're not finalized yet. You'll you'll be seeing them on Friday, um, and there might be some changes. But as of right now, this probably will not change. I feel like as of right now, I consider the slices a little bit of a wind slayer's delight, mm-hmm. and that I feel like we very consciously this time said, hey, the positioning needs to be open for that round five nasty yeah. business. Yeah. So hopefully. You know those of you that live for the drama that are here <laughs> for those post game heated conversations, yeah, I hope these slices provide you with uh that the that sweet sweet wine making that you desire, yeah, because a lot of the slices have i would say wormholes in spots where it's like okay that's gonna be important at the end of this round right Um, and not as Matt said not a lot of anomalies in general uh, in these slices meaning there's not a lot of stuff in the way there's a few slices that there's like one or two slices I would say that maybe have some positional defense type stuff yeah but they are also sort of de facto bad slices right in some ways um so there you go. It feels like the the rich slices are wide open, and the poorer slices have a little bit of coverage. Yeah, I would say yeah. right now, anyways.
0: Right. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. We're kind of still tweaking them, maybe a little bit here and there. And uh, the other thing that's been fun to learn mm-hmm. about building multi draft slices, like when you try to pre bake them, is the idea that certain slices are in inha- like okay, I can't guarantee that blue slice will always end up next to orange slice, right? Right. There's no use in, like, debating that relationship. But where you put wormholes means certain slices are intrinsically linked. And I I don't think I thought through that aspect of the qualifier slices as much, like, what all that meant for the slices. And we tried... I tried to put more consideration into that idea in these prelim slices. So the wormholes, it's like, well, we know that this one leads to this area so like oh this bad this this mediocre slice at least has the beta that leads to the other side of the beta where there's
1: some pretty good stuff on the other side stuff like that happens in in these
0: slices yeah
1: yeah so i'm really excited for you to see them um i think you're gonna be pretty pleased with them uh we haven't named them yet because they're not finalized yet so we will have to figure out names for these don't worry (laughs) names will be dumb um real dumb real (laughs) real dumb It's so hard now naming slices because so often we just say the name of a slice that we've already done. Yeah. Like turns out there's only so many ways to name these puppies and be thematic or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like In general, I would say expect the names to get weirder the longer the tournament goes. Like, by the time we get to tournament 10, I don't even know what we're going to be calling this And this
0: one is Bork, and this one is (laughs) Klerb.
1: Yeah, it's going to be stuff like that. Um, So, Matt. Talking about so we've we've talked about it structurally as far as uh, the game stuff. What about it structurally for the audience yeah. as far as viewership goes? What should you expect as someone who maybe wants to watch these games?
0: Yeah, uh, I think structurally is the key word there. Where the qualifiers, there was none. It was we're letting the six players figure it out. Hopefully, yep. a streamer attaches themselves to that game, and right. then you can kind of just watch a bunch of TI on the weekend. Probably, um, it was never even our intent to um, host so many games on the weekends in the qualifiers. But if anything, it was it was reassuring to me to prove that, like, nope, that's just when everybody is available and it's imp- it's almost impossible to get weekday games together uh, for a lot of folks. So the assumption right now is basically all prelims games will be on the weekend, um, say for maybe a couple caveats that we do for very specific player schedules, and those will work themselves out over time. But similar to last year, we're essentially thinking... Friday, Saturday, Sunday, one game each day. The goal is for streams to never overlap. Right. Uh, you there will only be and that's that's been the fun part of the qualifiers right is like oh my gosh there's like a million games going on there there was one weekend where there were like seven games active at the exact same time yeah yeah, yeah which yeah. is hilarious and cool but also unwatched. like nobody can watch all of those games and and if anything too we end up hurting our own like we step on each other's toes with viewership numbers and things like that and it's it's fun for the community but it's you know the streamers aren't always necessarily getting their their fair shake out of it um, right so the expectation is three per weekend starting uh, ASAP, buddy. Hey, right away, Your uh, prelims players, keep an eye on your email
1: inbox. Well, you yeah, should be can getting we, a
0: scheduling player. Matt, right. can we
1: go ahead and commit to yeah. uh, the first weekend? Right. So here, here you go. The first weekend of the prelims will be March 11th, 12th, and 13th. Yep. That's going to be your your first three games. No
0: break between the qualifiers and the prelims. Hunter and I have been, uh, tournament-wise, resting easy, and we are ready to dive into this sucker. Uh, So, yeah, 11th, 12th, 13th, I don't have to schedule those exact games yet. You'll have them next week, uh, but those are, are coming up. And they, it'll essentially, because it's three games per weekend, that's 12 weeks of games, 36 games. So for the next three months, you can expect prelims uh, action every single weekend. That leaves our semis uh, to be in June. Um, Our goal would be to take one week off in between the prelims. We may end Mm -hmm. up doing... This could get stretched out over time, too. It's always hard to predict this stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if Hunter are like halfway through the prelims, and like, hey, let's have an off weekend, please, and then we'll come back on, you know. But roughly June for the semis, and then the goal for the finals is either July 9th or July 16th weekend. That's the goal. I could see worlds where that gets pushed, but we're trying to do better this year communicating uh, the idea of what weekend this stuff could be so that all players going into the semis kind of know what the expectation is of what date the finals are so that we don't have to have like a horrible like last year we unfortunately had to put off the finals for like three weeks. And that kind of that's a big momentum killer for the very right. end of these the of the end of the tournament. So we're hoping to avoid that this year. So we're looking ideally it would be July 9th. I could see any number of delays happening throughout the prelims and semis that cause
1: that to be a July 16th uh finals. Yeah. Yeah. I am ugh Wow, it's so much to think about. I cannot believe what we're on the precipice of step two yep. of our like six month process yep. of doing this tournament. um but so you can expect probably every weekend or most weekends, I should say, um there to be one stream. Uh, with myself and a co-commentator yep. one stream with matt and a co-commentator and then one stream commentated by two people that are probably not me or matt yep. is that the general expectation? that's the general
0: vibe there's probably gonna be some weekends where hunter and i are tackling two like one of us are tackling uh, two streams that's true um the big change from this year is um first off i've said this before and i will say it again we have to give a huge shout-out to Flat Tomatoes and Duke Lucum for all their amazing yeah. work last year during the prelims. Uh, they were our second team, or, or or you could say our third team, um, and it's pretty critical that they were there for us. They helped us cover the Euro time zone, um, but we, did, we, we didn't want to completely rely on them again. We've got way more people in our cast that we can rely on. And uh, we, we wanted to do two things, which is spread the love a little bit with more people getting their hands on the ball. But also, number two, we wanted the prelims to be easier for everyone to very quickly find and watch. So every single game will be on the Space Cats Peace Turtles Twitch channel. Twitch.tv slash Space Cats Peace Turtles. Um, every game will be streamed on there. Whether or not Hunter and I are both in the game doesn't matter we will have people we will have our cast streaming on our channel for us uh and for what it's worth i want i want the community to know that those people are are getting their fair shit this is not us bogarting the uh the in the the big big top dollar twitch streams
1: because we make bank off twitch right but regardless we we want the qualifiers we we are we are compensating the the the, we because i'm proud yeah we are this year compensating the the commentators when yeah. you watch um the streams this year all of the people that are not me and matt are are being paid for their time yeah. which i am so flipping proud yeah well and you uh, know what i'm proud do. of it
0: but i'm proud of the community that is big like the idea that the community is big enough for that to be possible you know what yeah. i mean i mean what we, we get enough numbers and this this show does well enough because enough people tune in and listen and right. share it and all of that that we are able to extend that sort of thing it's it, it, in previous years it's been us breaking our backs because it's really not fair to ask people to do too much like the deal last year was well flat tomatoes you guys are going to stream it on your channel so that at least you get your twitch bucks right? right uh so you know the idea to be able to expand that a bit uh is really relieving for for hunter and i that we can we can make that work
1: yeah and i just want to just so you know i want to i want to shout out your cast because it's massive this year. Yeah. Like I we are so lucky to have all of these new people that are interested in streaming Twilight Imperium. Um so you're you know, obviously you're gonna see me and Matt. You're gonna see uh Duke and Flat Tomatoes again, Duke Lucum uh and Flat Tomatoes. Uh Root will be back, I'm sure EJ will be back. Um and as far as new faces we go, we got uh Big Al Cappuccino bot bot claw force duval uh elspeth elspeth is that right elspeth sc um jasper matt jackson miles will be back miles is a a a workhorse of uh commentary (laughs) and streaming quantum octopus we've got stads back again the dream team me and stads everybody's favorite duo (laughs) um in in space cats be turtles um vision s will be back Wecker will be commentating, um, we'll also probably get Absol, uh, in there at some point. Yeah, I If, bet if, if you will... didn't, if you didn't hear names on that list, like shout them out. It's not
0: that we are trying to exclude really anybody. No, if you, if you have, this is the call out too. If you watched a stream that had a streamer or a co-commentator that you were like, they're knocking it out of the park. They're awesome. Shout it out. Tell us. I, I would love to yeah. see that in this week's errata of like more people you want to see doing this stuff uh, because we want to include more people. We just pulled from the list that we could easily see like they put in a ton of work. They definitely deserve to get something, and they also did a great job but that is not um to say people that aren't on that list didn't do a great job we just we there were some people that stood out and those are we first put on the list there are more people to
1: get added to that list of course of course um like i like i was about to say there i guarantee you that patients will knock down the door at some point and be like i gotta i gotta commentate let me commentate (laughs) i want to talk i want to talk i want to talk about the game um so that will probably happen i don't know Uh, like it it'll you'll see a lot of uh Old faces and new, um, and I'm really uh, excited for that. I'm really excited to, like, this is, like, the time that me and Matt get to kind of cut loose and just, like, work with the community for a while. Right. Um, And I'm sure there will be, you know, at least a game or or two there where where me and Matt do it together, which is always cute. Always the (laughs) cutest.
0: (laughs) The cutest of the options. Yeah, I'm (laughs) I'm excited, especially um, with some of the people who brought new tools to the game and the qualifiers. Yeah, Clawforce, we should shout out. uh, Clawforce taught a lot of people how to do that on screen, like how to draw arrows and stuff. It's something Hunter and I have honestly, like, on purpose avoided for a long time because we never loved the tool, but Clawforce has a great setup for it that works really well. Uh, so I would I would love to see more of that, and they can teach us how to do it as well as they do it. Um, but also, like, the qualifiers, you all stepped up your game in terms of, like, Big Al had hilarious, like, on-screen animation, like a winemaking yeah. animation that would come up. There's so much fun stuff that... Um, You need to see more people doing this stuff so that you get those kinds of ideas so that Hunter and I can steal them mercilessly.
1: Yeah, we're going to steal all your ideas. Like, for example, me and Matt are learning to speak Spanish so that we can do the Spanish language version of our own commentary. Uh, no, just kidding. And we need to reach out to those people, Matt, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I want because... them on the list,
0: too. I would love for them to be in streams with us rebroadcasting uh, yeah. in Spanish. And any that goes for any other language out there. Hey, oh, Germans yeah. and stuff, everybody, like you are not disinvited. Come on out. I just don't know who's out there that wants to do it. That's literally all yeah. it comes down to is I don't know who in our international audience can stream and wants to. So, like, literally reach out to me and you are a rebroadcaster. You, I'm already giving you permission.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hit us up if you're interested in streaming in uh, other languages because that will be super neat. Um, and I'm excited for there to be basically no barriers yeah. between the audience and watching very, this Stupid long board game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's
0: my favorite thing about this whole experiment is it's just a constant proof of, like, all of the things people say about this game are wrong, basically. Like, all of the standard – Hunter and I are not standard board game reviewers because the standard board game reviewer take on this game is, like, it's good, but, like, you'll never get it to the table, and – it's not, you know, it's too, it's too big to digest and it's like, boy, I tell you, I got 616 people at least that can prove that otherwise and many, many more that love, for some reason, love to just watch the thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we basically proved all those people wrong. We're right. They suck. The haters suck once again. Okay. Um, we're going to take a break in just a minute to do an ad, but before we do that, I want you to know what we're doing with the rest of this episode. Which is the rest of this episode is just going to be advice on how to win in the prelims from two people who have never played in the prelims (laughs) of the SCPT tournament. But we've watched a lot, okay? And we like to talk right out our butts about things we know nothing about. they've listened to this show before they know. (laughs) They know how it works. We're just going to lecture you about something we have no business lecturing you about. So stay tuned for that. Really exciting uh, to get told how to do something that I don't have to prove I can do as well.
0: <laughs> Welcome back. It's time to learn. Boy, you've been waiting for this advice your whole life, haven't yeah. you? It's time to learn yeah. how to win your problems. My favorite thing about this segment idea is I feel like we need clarity. Hunter, how does this differ from how to just win a game of Twilight Imperium. What is the core piece that yeah, separates yeah. how to win Twilight Imperium from how to win your prelims game?
1: There are two major factors, <laughs> Matt. Number one, everybody wants to win. Yes. Well, actually, no, wait, that's not that's true. That's not true. <laughs> 80% of the players in the prelims are going to really want to win. There's 20% that play for... They they play for the Chaos Lord. Yeah. Um And... They, they, their chaos feeds the the chaos lord, who's from an alternate dimension. Anyways, you gotta ask cages about the chaos lord, but um, the chaos emeralds, I should say. Uh, anyways, uh, so most people are playing to win. Number two, you don't know these people. Yeah, they are strangers to you. It's like a, it's like you go into the TTS Discord and you get matched with a bunch of randos, except those randos want to win. Yeah. So there's two things you can do. First of all, whenever you get, uh, whenever you find out who you're playing against, if there is a known, you could just throw your whole game away to make sure that they don't win (laughs) and then you don't win either. (laughs) Haha, just kidding. You don't need to do that. But you could do a little bit of research on anybody who's hot in your game. Now you might not have time to do that. Also, like that's kind of overrated, anyways. Yeah. Um. Second of all, you can, you just got to be willing to adjust and feel out the other players at the table and get an understanding of like what kind of, uh, when it comes to deals, especially like what kind of deals they like to make, yeah. what style of player they are. Are they very space risk? Are they talking a lot? Are they not talking a lot? Like, where is this player at? Yeah. Um, and then calculate how you deal with that player based off assumptions that you can make about them starting at the very beginning of the game um this is in one way that i think players that have been playing a long time and are kind of known are kind of um disadvantaged a little bit because you can watch some players play a lot and get a feel for who they are and sort of already have an idea of who they are now if you are one of those known players i would say perhaps you should reinvent yourself right um change your play style vary it up because the people at your table might already have an idea of who you are. Use that known yeah. against them. Imagine how shaken all of Teddy's opponents
0: will be if he came in saying, I think I can win, and I'm probably going to win this round. Yeah. Like they would
1: have no idea what to do with that. If Teddy looks at you and says, I can score my secrets, <laughs> that would be... Then that is kind of amazing, and then you know we also Teddy doesn't Teddy still need to play his qualifier? Yeah, he's point? supposed
0: to play this weekend. We need to
1: stop talking. Let's <laughs> shut up. We do not need to be talking about. Let, give the give him a shot, all right? <laughs> Don't try and bury him on the show, Matt. Okay, we should never try and bury our previous winners because it's always the idea An of them battle. winning again is so hilarious. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So let's say let's say you're you're new to the tournament though. Maybe that's the person we should focus on first. Um, what Matt, what is something that you have that you would say to, to a player that's new to the tournament, has maybe been playing Twilight Imperium, but has never played in our tournament be- before and happens to have made it to the prelims, either by a buy or they won their qualifier?
0: Yeah, well, the the most basic step is like, there. I mean, there's people in that boat that like don't play on TTS at all. And I do genuinely want you to know your chances of winning go up by a lot if you aren't fiddling with learning TTS like in the middle of your game you need and that extends to some other stuff too though of there's a sheer comfort level that is maybe required of a lot of the winners where it's like I'm not overly thinking about other stuff I get to just think about the game and focus on the stuff like Hunter was talking about the ability to be able to start perceiving your players requires a level of mental room mental space that can't be taken up with other stuff that you're like distracted with, like learning TTS. Yeah. This is why the players this coming weekend with tabletop playground, all six of them are at a disadvantage, but at least all six of them are at the same disadvantage, which none of them have played tabletop playground. So we're all going to, you know, mess around. With it. If one of those players was like one of the developers of tabletop playground and knew how everything worked, that player right. would probably win that game just by
1: sheer volume of not having to worry about all the extra stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and they can just focus on the above-the-table play yep. instead of just focusing on, like, how do I move stuff around? Yeah. <laughs> how do I group things together? Yeah, that's very true. So freshen up on TTS and try and be as hot on it as you possibly can. I yeah. understand you might not have time to do that. That's underst- right. It's fine. It's not a big deal. You still might even win your game. Right. But just know that one advantage you could give yourself is to make TTS sort of effortless yeah. for you so that you can talk so that you can focus on uh, making deals and reading the other players. Yeah. Um yeah. I think it is the thing that that most of the people that do really well in tournament games are are players that I feel like can adjust yes. to the situation. Well, and basically. we we see players all the
0: time who like develop some sort of like flow chart or whatever of like okay, if, I'm going to predict the draft goes this way, but like the ones that can roll what the punches are the ones that perform better more often. I mean, the thing I feel like yeah. we, this is especially something we've learned more is true about Prophecy of Kings than base game. Base game, you could draw up a laundry list of things you want to see happen in the game and you can make those things happen. Yeah. Um, that, that's stuff that like, that's like how Duke Lucum was able to find part of his win. He planned out his Ghosts game before the 2020 finals that kind of stuff doesn't happen as much anymore in Prophecy of Kings. Right. There's a lot of unknown variables, which means you have to just be able to roll with punches. And that yeah. goes with mechanical stuff, but it also just goes with, like we were saying earlier, like you gotta play to the strengths and desires of your other players. Um, this is something that like, I personally fail at all the time. If I if I enter a table with someone who's like crazy deal-makey, I will often just sort of shut them down past a certain point. I don't want to see them win too many deals on me, right? Well, guess what? All I do is throw myself under the bus the whole game by not floating each other's boats. I refuse to accept their deals and they'll find someone else who will accept the deal, so they go elsewhere. So when people are willing to play super crazy, sometimes you gotta go crazy with them. This is what we see from players like Kraken and Kool-Aid and Goldie. There's folks out there that are willing to get nuts and if there's even one other nuts player at your table, the two of you it seems like always skyrocket beyond everybody else. Right.
1: right. Do not underestimate the opportunity of boat floating with somebody else. That is, if you have a neighbor that seems like they just want to make some wild deals with you, then I, I, I feel like you can say yes as long as as long as you have a plan to be the player that wins in the end don't yeah. just say yes because it's comfortable right say yes because you feel and of course in in i in, in an ideal situation both players are going to think this is true right but only yeah, one of them sure. is correct in the end um if if someone suggests that you boat float and you don't think that there's a snowball's chance that you are going to be the one that comes out ahead of that boat float i think that's when you say no yeah. to the to the idea of like let's just both boost each other up as much as possible you need to try and have have some sort of criteria that allows you to evaluate that yeah you know like a lot of it some of the most obvious stuff has to do with like faction you know if i am if i am playing as like uh i don't know uh, actually i love bad factions so it's hard <laughs> but i'm playing as let's say i'm playing as nalu or yep. yin i was gonna say Nalu. and, and Joel Nar or hakan wants to boat float with me I think i kind of say no there because i'm kind of feeling like well i probably can't be the one unless but the other thing too is a lot of times it's like you say yes and then you start planning you know what i mean the earlier you find out about the opportunity for two players to just kind of like help each other out a whole bunch the earlier you can start planning on that round five reversal you know but as Yin, I don't know, that's kind of hard, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would maybe prefer to just play Yin on my own, you know? <laughs> right. Just, I'll, I'll roll the dice goes. for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the other thing I will say that's very specific to this year's
0: prelims, um, and th- this is coming from I was watching a game of the very, very wonderful Garrick Samples Games Root Winter Tournament, uh, which has mm-hmm. been ongoing for a long time, uh, like all, literally all winter. Yeah. Uh, Garrick has been running a Root tournament, basically putting in... It's funny because sometimes I think about it as like, well, man, I feel jealous of Garrick because Garrick's doing a ton of work. And I'm like, well, but his games are shorter. Doesn't matter. He's doing two games every day, four, like four or more games a weekend and stuff. He's, right. he's putting the hours in. But anyways, all that aside, Garrick, love you. Shout out. Huge, huge, huge job you're doing. Um, But they were saying something in one of the recent streams that was uh, about the draft in Root. And there's only, you get very few factions, you know, there's four players, you end up with five factions, and that game is even more, like, things are very dependent on the factions. But they were talking about, is it better to play a faction you know well, or better to play a faction you're uncomfortable with, but know Uh is probably good in this situation, right? Good in this lineup, good in this matchup or whatever. And so to extend that to Twilight Imperium, and specifically this prelims, and the way What I think these upcoming slices are is I do think there is an advantage to players playing with factions they are comfortable with over just flash-picking S.A.R. If you've never played S.A.R. or you know you're not very good with S.A.R., that's probably going to maintain into this game. Like, it will probably stay true, and if you have a faction you're great with, if you're an amazing Arborek player... Like, I do encourage you to stick with that. Stick to your guns. That's not just just the meme. Like, if you're good at it, maybe you can do something with it. That's an extreme example. But, like, if you're a really good L1Z1X player, I think maybe something we could have potentially seen this year is more people picking L1 because they hear they're strong, but not actually specializing in them. Whereas when we see people specialize in L1, they're crazy good at it. That's when it's a good faction. I think that's going to be something that comes into future tier lists more is this idea of this like where's the skill floor right L1 and Necro might actually have these high skill floors meaning they also have a higher ceiling but
1: we don't always see it in qualifier and prelims tournament play I think that definitely makes a lot of sense for Necro but I still I personally think if you if you can make it through the skill floor Necro is yeah such a good faction crazy good but yeah uh, obviously kind of underperformed um in the stats i don't care about the stats i go with my gut i'm a cowboy uh, on a steel horse i ride um but (laughs) here's something i want to say about the draft so let's say i mind palace real quick that i am a hardcore serious prelims player but i haven't played a lot of twilight imperium let's pretend that's me here's what i would tell myself uh first if i was why am i telling myself shut up uh so learn two factions as well as you can before your prelims. That's what I would say if you're really serious. Learn one faction that the community, and I'm talking about the community, not yeah. me and Matt. Sure. The community says this is one of the better factions, and then learn a faction that the community says is one of the lesser factions. Try and learn two, because what I've noticed about the pools, and if the pools are going to be end up being balanced, it feels like the pools either skew towards. The top factions or towards the bottom factions. And I also think as far as a draft is concerned, it behooves you to know at least one in each side. Yeah. Because uh, depending on where you're going to be in drafting pick, which is like, you know, you're not going to know until the day of. But what I feel like can happen is you you come into a draft. Let's say you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm pretty good at this faction that the community thinks is good. Well, generally speaking, that means you're probably going to have to draft faction first. Mm-hmm. If ever, if everybody else thinks that faction is good, then you are probably going to have to draft it as early as you possibly can. Now, if you're last pick, then you probably just won't get them, right? The other thing is, if it's a faction that is considered worse in the in the community, then even if you are an Arborex specialist... Yeah. And that means that you get to come into this draft and and it's not always going to work because for all you know there is another arborex specialist at your table but you could maybe go slice first right you know and then and then worry about getting the faction second or or even focus on speaker position before because yep. especially with arborex you kind of would like a really good speaker position uh, a lot of the time right uh so that's my advice as far as the draft is concerned. Obviously, there's a lot of players that know how to play more than two factions, in which case, whatever. I mean, I I, I agree with Matt and that I think that it's probably always better. And this is one of the things that in commentary, uh, I feel like doesn't get said enough, is that commentators yeah. will be like, well, that was a weird draft pick. Right. And it's almost always for the same reason. Yeah. It's because they are not comfortable with the other choice, even right. if it is better in the abstract. Yeah. I like even at the amount of twilight imperium i play would if i was in a tournament game and taking it really serious hesitate to pick joel nar a faction that everyone agrees is amazing i would probably even given the opportunity pick something else because i know i'm a lot better at most other factions same goes for sar both joel nar and sar if you saw me in a draft You'd be like, well, Hunter passed on Joel, Nar and Sar. What an idiot. What a fool. <laughs> but the thing is, I'm so much better at so many other right. factions. Hunter knows his I'd much rather play any of those. Right. You know? Right. Well, and sometimes that comes down to literally, sometimes it's not
0: even just a comfort level. It's literally a playstyle thing too. Like Hunter is, you are good at um, kind of making deals happen where they maybe otherwise wouldn't have. Where like if you're playing a great faction and no one wants to deal with you, like, that kind of, like, throws, throws some of your stuff out the window. You you don't play a solo game, right? right? Whereas I feel like that is a bit, like, I like factions that have stuff that they can swindle but are always under the radar, always on people's radar, right? Because I just feel like I'm always on people's radar because I do bad, stupid moves that put myself too far in the the point order even if i don't have a win lined up i'm like at seven and i have a target on my
1: back or whatever that's so right matt i've been meaning to say to you that you do bad stupid moves i was like (laughs) wanting to say that i just like wanted that on the on the record (laughs) on the the show i got got it for you it's good that you said it you know because i was like i had a note here on the script to say like let matt know he does bad (laughs) stupid moves I love you, buddy. You're good at this game, and you got to stop. I'm not letting you get away with saying that stuff anymore on the show. You're going to get in trouble. I don't care if you leave this in or take it out. I know you got that editor power, but I, I don't care at all. You got to stop saying stuff like that, or I'm going to come over, and I'm going to smack you. I'm going to smack you through the computer screen. By I threat of violence, of I'll be nicer to myself. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will slap you around if you keep dogging on yourself like that. All right? I'm done with it. Put your big boy pants on. All right? We got a lot of
0: work to do. <laughs> so uh, the other thing I was going to say about the uh, the draft and like picking stuff that you know is sometimes like you just know that you're probably fine with any faction, but you know a slice is more to your play style. You know what I mean? Right. Like some people just know like as long as I have enough influence, I know I can do well with anything. But like right. I don't act well, I don't perform well when I don't have the influence yeah. to do the kinds of actions I want to do. That's definitely how I feel. If I don't have like a solid 6 influence in my slice, I sort I sort of flounder like it's hard to know how to fix that really easily. And so I will I'll just pick slice first cuz it's like I'd rather the security and I can make any faction work. I can play a vanilla faction in a good slice.
1: Right, and and oftentimes keeping in mind in the draft of like, I mean, you got to remember remember your home system. Yeah. Price that yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. For you sure. You know what I mean? So, like, let's say you're trying to decide, you could play L1 or you could play uh, Mahak. You you like both those factions, right? Yeah. yeah. And all the slices left are influence heavy. I would say that L1 is the right choice, right? L1's right. got five resources at home. Just keep in mind what. That home system plus the slice is going to equal out to. Yeah, yeah. Some factions have great influence at home. Some factions have great resources at home. Some factions just don't have great either. Yeah. Just period. So those factions, you need to you need to be aware of what your your what the end point is going to well, be. And I, I think about that when crafting
0: slices a lot too. This idea that like some factions have innate solutions to slices. Like sometimes we leave a slice with like. Five easy influence, right? Like, oh, there's just five, and I'm like, well, but if they're a faction that can get trade goods easily, or it's like Hakan with a zero one at home, like there are factions that can easily look at a five influence slice and be like, well, that's a six influence slice. I can just I right. can just fix that problem without right. even any effort. And then there's some factions where that five influence is three influence and they can't make the other two work ever. You know what I mean? Sometimes that just like Barony in a five influence slice has a really hard time making that last influence work cheaply. So you just have to find a different way around it. So those, those little things are what I would look more for rather than the like, how high I, I don't look for the the ceiling of what a perfect slice and faction combo could be and go for that. I more assume like worst case scenario like what can I not survive without versus what what's my perfect combo to give me this amazing excellent game? I think those types of things are really hard to acquire.
1: Yeah. Um so getting away from draft a little bit and getting back a little bit into deal making, I wanna say overall, I think the best attitude to have going into the prelims is staying open-minded about deal-making because we always see a lot of stuff in the prelims, and I'm sure in the qualifiers there was a lot of stuff like this that is just outside of the norm. You've got a lot of people that don't play together and they're all playing together. And what that means is every once in a while, somebody's going to suggest something and it's going to sound wild to somebody else. And it also kind of encourages players... To try stuff they wouldn't normally, as far as deals go, right. you never know what someone's going to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the very little, I feel like, in Twilight Imperium is actually settled as much as we describe it as sure. settled. We always
0: define things, we use the term meta quite often, and we've, we usually mean meta to mean, like, the current community consensus. But your table has a meta. Your table yeah. meta overrides whatever the community says. And whatever research agreement is going for at your table is more important than what research agreement is worth in the community meta. So, like, yeah. you can throw a lot of stuff out the window when it's time to sit down at your actual table.
1: And honestly, as far as evaluating stuff or talking about this stuff in general, um, sure, whatever, whatever you think is dogmatic uh, as far as, like, what you know it's like the community says this or or Matt and Hunter say this SCPT says this when you sit down and it's the 6 of you at your prelims table i don't care what we've said yeah. you know what i mean this is the 6 of you now have to figure this out right. so if you're you know if somebody's bringing up something to you and you're like well but that's not general space cats peace turtle stuff it's like well that doesn't matter cuz right. here's this is the 6 of you now right. and the thing is i find that there is a certain type of player That does quite well by throwing all that stuff out and saying hey here's yeah here is a deal we could do do you want to do this and maybe other players are like oh what you shouldn't be doing that it's like no there is no should or shouldn't we are six strangers and we and our own meta exists now yeah basically
0: the, the reverse is also true, I will say. Sometimes we see games where it's like five people that play on TTS like a few times a month, and then right. one outsider comes in and is like, everyone in the meta is wrong about how this, how good, like Mahawked is better than everyone says. And it's like, you're probably right, but also you're playing at a table with five people that believe what they believe. This yeah. happened to me a lot with uh, you you see this was x-1 meta. That's the perfect example to this. You may not agree with x-1 meta, but there are further ramifications to not accepting the doctrine of x-1 trades because yeah. if you're the one person at the table like, "No, I don't do x-1s. We're not doing that here." Uh all you've done is make five players at the table Uh, not want to deal with you as much and now they're all going to trade with each other they're going to do these beautiful x minus one trades with each other and they're going to leave you out of them that used to happen to me all the time i would reject x minus one as much as i could and all that would happen was like oh i'm the one player not getting my commodities refreshed because i won't accept an x minus one like sometimes you just have to bend to whatever the table has agreed upon
1: exactly you you have to adjust to the to the other five players basically So yeah, try and get a feel for them as much as possible and as quickly as possible. Like, talk. Like, get try to get a feel for the other players and understand. So yeah, I mean, as much as it it sucks to say, if you do sit down with five other players that are very, like, locked into the kind of common thoughts about the state of the game, then yeah, you're probably going to have to adjust that stuff. Otherwise, you're just going to kind of get left out. But the the... The reverse is also the same if you are the one player that thinks like well it's all figured out here's how it should be and the other five players are like well we don't care about any of that well guess what you have to adjust buddy right it's the wild west for you
0: yeah all of the best games i can think of generally have the same theme which is the players started the game actively defining their meta i think this is what strikes me the most about Kraken when Kraken plays yep during the draft Kraken comes in and is like so how's everyone feeling about this kind of a thing I was thinking we might try to do this kind of stuff but is that gonna work with everybody else are you gonna when when Kraken brings a casino to the table he's trying to shake up everyone's preconceived notions and just in in the moment to find you see the same thing with people who come in are like so we all how are we all feeling about support swaps what if we just like didn't do support swaps and if you can get everybody else on board then you've got a great thing if you reject them all being like no i like support swaps and you're like well i'm not gonna do one then you're gonna be down a point like you're just gonna be out
1: (laughs) oh matt you just made the point so well that is (laughs) even better than your x minus one analogy is the one person that's like, well, I don't do support swaps and then everyone else does. Yeah. That's not good for you. Right. And that's the whole thing is like, it's this, this game is if you want to win it, which I mean, if you don't care about winning, whatever, if you're just in it, cause yeah. it's like fun to do, then that's you great. don't have to, you don't have to take any advice on that. Just have <laughs> fun, buddy. That's, that's my advice to you. Just have fun. Yeah. But if you are trying to win your prelims game, you gotta, you gotta stay open and you gotta observe. Yeah. What you're seeing from the other players. Yeah. 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 I agree. What what wonderful advice we've given? Are we geniuses? Uh-huh. Yeah, we're geniuses, and we are of course right about everything. Yeah. And whenever someone says something wrong, you should say, "Well, Matt and Hunter said blah blah blah," and <laughs> use that again. On Reddit. On
0: they love that over
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> they love it when uh, you, you know just what? use us as an excuse. Some people are allergic to sarcasm, and I do want to clarify we are joking. Do not do that. Never do that. And if you do do that, do not let me see you do that yeah. because I will be mad and it will be at you. So you don't want me to be mad at you, do you? Please, come on. Don't act like that. Be nice to each other. What is it that Kay just says? Be, be kind nice to, to your yeah, friends. Be kind to your friends. Be kind, be kind to, to your friends. friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh
0: is that is that all the advice you got? That's all I can muster for these that's all uh, I got. lucky 136. Listen. The lucky 136, that's what we call them.
1: Also, actually here here's another attitude point. Um always remember that Twilight imperium is I would say uh one part skill and then two parts uh RNG. Yep. And then one part raw luck yeah which is that's almost like three parts luck but there's a difference to me between rng and like luck yeah to me i would you know what i would call that
0: luck no i think raw luck is creativity
1: (laughs) yeah okay so it's like it's it's like there does exist skill in twilight imperium it's we can prove it mathematically i can prove it to you Mm -hmm. that there are players that can win repeatedly in twilight imperium however it's also a wild game and this is a single elimination tournament if you lose if you do poorly it does not mean that you are a bad player at all in fact let me give you uh, an exact example and he might not appreciate me doing this but i will also pay him a huge compliment Micmac Moose in the first tournament <laughs> yeah. did not do very well. I think even by his own standards, he right. did not do well. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember what the point total was at the end, but it wasn't good. It was not a good showing. Right. And now, Micmac Moose is one of the top six Twilight Imperium players as far as our tournament is concerned. So, like, that's very good. Yes. All right. And if you just take the their uh performance in the first tournament, you would not figure that about Mick Mac Moose. Right. Uh but it is true. Right. So you shouldn't take it too seriously uh as far as a loss or even a win. Actually I'll say this. You should if you win, pat yourself on the back. Good Heck job. Yeah. That's Come on, awesome. You did it. If you lose not a big deal. It's all RNG, anyways, and <laughs> a bunch of winemaking. And there you go. That's that's, there, that's the that's, philosophy.
0: The core tenet of TI is when you win, you earned it, and when you didn't, the game was stupid.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you win, you are, and don't and and don't have both those opinions at the same time. Don't project at somebody that won that they right. the game is stupid. My my you know number I mean? one flaw
0: as a person is that when I win, I still call the game stupid, and that's. yeah, you I, can't the, do that. I, I need to take my wins and just w- walk around with them to take them around the block. <laughs> yeah, you
1: should at the end of every prelims game if you lose, you should say, "Wow, what a stupid game. But oh my god, <laughs> insert winner's name here is such a good player." Yeah. That's that is the attitude. "Wow, the game was so dumb and a bunch of random stuff happened, but so and so's pretty good." One of my that was, all-time
0: good. favorite SCPT moments is a game you were playing. Uh it, it, it's early on when the new table was available and uh you got up to some dark shenanigans where uh basically at the 11th hour you decided to get really really strict on timing windows <laughs> against one particular player <laughs> and it and it it's like the stream was already going long and whatever and it led to you winning and as you won the game you go ha 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 i win <laughs> and like you knew how nasty you had just yep. been but yep. guess what you get to take a victory lap that's what the yeah. trophy is for <laughs> Yeah, I
1: remember this exact moment. I was playing as Necro, and I needed. So, so someone was invading a two-planet system of mine, and I need. And I had parlay, and I needed to keep both planets. So I was like, if they split the ground forces on invasion, then I'm screwed. But it's like, why wouldn't they split them? Right. Except for the player didn't declare. Just like I'm like waiting to hear him say this. And he says, okay, all of these on this one planet. And the second he says that, I go, parlay, yeah. parlay. And he goes, no, wait, I didn't, I meant to say both. And I'm like, uh-uh, uh, 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 <laughs> which <laughs> is, is neater, neener, neater. I, neater. Don't know why I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I literally am wagging my finger, being like, you said one, you said one planet. That's what I needed you to say. That is so and, rude. <laughs> and, and we just held to that, even though it didn't make any sense. And I got to win. Yeah. I got to win, you know? Oh, as man. far as I'm concerned, that was, uh, that it, s- moments like that, that's my payment for doing this job. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what I really care about It's just little moments like that. Um, and I want to say to the person, I still remember exactly who that was. I don't necessarily, well, I'll name them cause it's not embarrassing on them. It was Topher yeah. and Topher. I still think about that moment all the time, buddy. <laughs> You're what a, what a chill, cool fellow you are that for you do not that. <laughs> hate my guts and think that I'm a shallow idiot. Um, <laughs> based off of that but hey i won i mean hey, i won you won, won. come I'm, on what are I'm you a great to say you should have remembered to good. split your infantry <laughs> 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 you messed up Topher. like that's now my attitude yeah. um, no it was uh, it was as if you play a uh, you know 6 hours of a casual game and all of a sudden you're like lay it play it only yeah. because i'll win right yeah we've all been there hey
0: i want to thank our weird bears big al cappuccino squeamish emu billy brass bird brian and dark jutsu goondock ignoring my PDA phd carnal son of leto alice emlishefsky sunfax absol ricky bro duel Wise, and fancy zeling and i want to thank mama's lovely larva patience is a virtue my son is also named even more anvalier stermy stern boo poo nerf zerg tautology is what it is uh, frank g Gaschio, oreca jadeem jedi nuclear pasta privix Rolo, uncle batty and teddy's jam for you okay
1: let's talk galactic council it's a new month we got a new poll mm. here are your four options uh very quickly oh. so your first option uh what a popular option this was it was our runner-up last month <laughs> uh, it like was <laughs> 20 it, it hey no it was a runner-up they love just it driving this bit home they, they love me. it <laughs> So so the first option is Matt's Ultimate and Hunter's Normal oh Top Ten Board Games of All Time. Mm-hmm. So we talk about our top ten board games. Mm-hmm. What well, Will Twilight Imperium make the list? I Who don't know. Knows. With me, I like a lot of games, you know? Um, the second option is alternate setups for a future Space Cats Peace Turtles tournament mode. This is like a theory crafty uh, episode where we put our helmets on and we imagine a future tournament with a very different rule set just for fun. Not even necessarily saying like, oh, this is uh, an announcement or something. It's just whatever we can come up with.
0: And this ties specifically, we'll get to it, but this ties into this month's homebrewers guild. So it's kind of on the mind in two different, two different ways.
1: Yeah. Third option uh, is the first episode of the long awaited content encounter, uh, which is a show uh actually i don't have time to fully explain it we'll just talk about cosmic encounter all right that's all it's just (laughs) we would talk about cosmic encounter there's a little more involved with it than that because it's something we've talked about a long time ago Mm -hmm. but we want it to happen now so content encounter is option number three option number four we decided to get out there with this one this one's a fun one yeah uh book report episode where we read the well-played game by bernie Decoven. Which is a book that came out in 1978. It is sort of about, I don't know, how to play games and have fun. I think it has a lot of, I've never read it. I've just heard it referenced a lot. And every time I hear it referenced, I'm like, that sounds like a book that is relevant to Twilight Imperium. Yeah, and this whole um, podcast. Yeah, it sounds like half yeah. philosophy and half strategy. Like, what does it mean yep. to sit
0: down to play a game? And then also, if you want to get good, like, what does that, what does it mean to get kind of, to get kind of good with a group of people? I'm interested to see, I, I assume uh, by the end of it, we'll be saying a lot more things like Big Al about sucking the marrow of a, of a good yep. game
1: of Twilight Imperium.
0: Yep. That's kind of my expectation.
1: Alright, and Homebrewers Guild. Matt, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I wanna,
0: we're doing a lot of stuff with the Homebrewers Guild
1: this year. Hunter
0: just finished a game where it was just like we threw every 2021 component into the bag. It was too much. Yo, it was too much. (laughs) We don't want to do more stuff like that. I want every month to kind of have like some sort of focus on like what we're actually working on and sometimes months will borrow from previous months, but not always. I just want to shake things up, but the big thing I want to do is genuinely work on an idea for like a tournament mode. What does tournament mode even mean? To me, and this is part of what a potential Galactic Council episode could be is to define this. But to me, it's like, how do we shake up the core structure of the game that leads to potentially shorter, but also more impactful endings of the game? Right. You know, we've 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 seen for four years now, many, many games that can kind of just come down to like speaker order or initiative order in the end Mm -hmm. like what's a way to maybe stop that from happening is four and four you know is ej right about four and four little stuff like that i don't want to do major faction tweaks i don't want to do a balance patch i want to change the structure of the game and see how that impacts the style of play
1: yeah so throw in just like components ideas for like drafting yeah um different ways to lay out the
0: objectives alternate rules uh yeah like my my idea is this ninth strategy card that reveals more objectives throughout the game and so trying to come up with what all should be incorporated into this ninth strategy card that plays off everything else little stuff like that and then we'll play a game with whatever we kind of decide is the best thing to try this go around it probably will look mostly like a normal ti game so it won't look like a wacky stupid homebrewers guild game it'll look like a almost like a tournament game. Cause that's sort of the intent with this one. So that's, that's right. my goal this month.
1: Right. Um, I want to read the next part, uh, because, uh, normally I do homebrewers guild. So now I feel like I, I want to, I want to get to read a little more. One, sure. Um, so you can, you can rate us on your podcast app of choice, especially <laughs> apple podcast slash iTunes. And now Spotify, you can rate us on Spotify. Um, you can check out our website, uh, for our Patreon, our Twitter, our discord, our merchandise, etc. all those things. <laughs> All that I um, mean as far yeah. as maybe a gimmick for um like rating us would be to rate our show but based off of your favorite Lacroix rate our show like you would rate yeah. your favorite Lacroix flavor right yeah. so just like five stars I love Pample moose right you know something like that Pample
0: moose uh, he says Pample moose yeah. Lacroix Pample moose
1: that isn't that what it's <laughs> called Pample moose. <laughs> Is it not called Pamplemousse? Is it... Am I wrong about Pamplemousse? I thought it was called Pamplemousse. La Croix Pamplemousse. Hello,
0: I'm American. Is it not called Pamplemousse? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm stupid, and that's great. You don't know... That's even funnier.
1: you're challenging me on pronunciation of a word, and you don't know? No,
0: man. Of course not.
1: I think it's called Pamplemousse. Okay. Pamplemousse
0: is what Google says. Pamplemousse. You got to get more French. La Croix. I don't
1: know. Pamplemousse. I I would I, like a little bit of I the sparkling. Water, it. All right. The no now. No. A all right. Thank you. Read the, read the. Okay, you can send your this Imperium live stories, space cats, peace turtles at Gmail. I want to let you know that. Read the play of the week. And all I'm right. Done all with I, you. This one is from the calculating poet.
0: <laughs> it is uh, the it, uh, okay. <clears throat> it's round five as Arborek, and I think I'm about to go down as yet another good game for an Arborek, but still not enough to pull out the win. I'm holding leadership, sitting on nine points with a support swap, Beckett's all point, five stage ones, and two secrets. Unfortunately, I'm holding an unscorable secret. Fuel the war machine, three space docks, Hey, ain't that how it always goes? And the two-pointer, eleven non-home systems, isn't even close to possible. The only silver lining is that, due to an elect player law earlier, search warrant, the whole table knows my secret is unscorable. And with the two-pointer out of reach, the heat moves away from me as they've decided to stall out at nine. Uh, they, they decide I will stall out at nine. My only shot to draw a scorable secret off of imperial in round five but the l1z1x player to my right holding the eight has made it clear he's stalling as long as possible luckily i have repeal law and decide to use it to dispose of the search warrant the table debates sabotaging but decides there's bigger targets after all they know the current secret and my board state is pretty weak i think i only controlled maybe four systems with a meager handful of ships in two i begin racking my brain of potentially scorable secrets Even the typically easy ones like 3 adjacent to an anomaly or ships in 6 systems are out of reach to me. I decide my best bet is to build a stack of infantry on a planet without a space dock, which also serves to get me more than 8 production in one home system. So with my last tactic token, I move a carrier with infantry to a planet next to my home system and build ending with a stack of 6 infantry and 2 mechs. My heart is in my chest as the rest of the round plays out and the rest of the table decides this will probably go to round 6. Finally, L1Z1X plays Imperial, my hand shakes, I draw the secret, and yes, it's Occupy the Fringe! Have nine or more ground forces on a planet Mm -hmm. that does not contain one of your space docks. Wait a minute, nine? In my head, I could have sworn it was eight. I double-check my planet, and crap. For no reason other than my own memory failure, I had only gotten eight ground forces onto the planet. As quickly as it had happened, my path had vanished. I begin resigning myself to not only losing, but being forced to sit through at least the start of another round. But then my brain wanders to mitosis, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which until this point I'd only used to deploy mechs. At the start of the status phase, place one infantry from your reinforcements on any planet you control. I reread the timing several times and realize I can use it to put my ninth infantry on the planet. I do my best to keep a poker face, and the table continues to ignore me, prepping for a brutal round six. At the start of the status phase, I make a big show of doing mitosis right away before scoring, and then I reveal my secret for the win. I guess mitosis isn't such a bad ability after all. Wow.
1: (laughs) I love that. Wow. I love that... I love that so long ago on the show, I was like, I want to know about Arborek wins Yeah. And it feels like I had to put that energy out. There was like a gap. It wasn't like I asked for it and immediately we just started getting flooded with them. Sure. By the way. Okay. I was right. It can take for a long. long time. Okay. <laughs> and now I've seen it many times. It's yep. it's great. It's great. Maybe Arborek is actually good. And yeah. we don't, you know, Who we knows? don't. Yeah. They don't, they don't need to be fixed at all because they're, good. they're just fine. They're just fine, and I like them. Yep. Hey, I like them,
0: so they must be good, because I only like factions that are good. I, I, don't, I don't play I the like bad them. ones. I like them. Oh, then I they just, might be yeah. bad. If Hunter likes them, they're probably bad.
1: I, I only own. like bad factions. Oh, uh, shoot. <laughs> and Matt only likes good factions. That's not true. I like L1Z1X, although it looks like L1Z1X. <laughs> they have the become <laughs> bad. Yeah. That's, that's a fun thing, is I like it when we say... So and so faction is really good, and then they immediately go in the toilet because yeah. then I get to play as them because now they're bad. <laughs> so L1 is bad, Arjun is bad because we made them bad by saying they were good, uh-huh. and now I get to play them all the yeah. time. You can't play them because they're actually bad. And you so only can play we the just say
0: Jolnar is really good, and then finally they'll be bad because that hasn't happened yet. But if we just like really keep saying it over and over again, nope. I don't have to feel guilty about playing. We've already Jolnar. said it many
1: times. It didn't work. <sighs> Doesn't work on that one. Man, Doesn't work on that one, one it. That sucks. Yeah. They're just immune to it. Yeah. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.